Hey everyone, David Chen here. What you're about to hear is an episode of the Slash Filmcast After Dark, a mailbag episode that I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, generally, these episodes are available exclusively to our patrons over at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. But every once in a while, I've been throwing these episodes onto the main feed so people get a sense of exactly what it is you can get when you sign up over at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. In general, ad-free episodes as well as exclusive episodes of The After Dark, depending on what tier you sign up for. So this episode exists because of the folks at patreon.com slash filmpodcast, and they are the reason why you are able to listen to it now. I hope you enjoy and consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast After Dark, the after show for the Slash Filmcast where we talk about a variety of random topics that we didn't get to towards the... <laughs> that we didn't get to during the show. And and where we leave in errors like the ones I just made. You know, this is what makes it the After Dark, guys. Oh, We're doing so a lot. We don't edit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's we, what makes we, it special. We do not edit. Quote, I'm paraphrasing from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Um, we do not so in on Game of Thrones, and here we do not edit. Okay. This After Dark is brought to you courtesy of all the fine folks over at patreon.com slash film podcast. Thank you Thank for you. your support. Love you all. Really, really appreciate it. And this week on the After Dark, we're going to be talking about uh, mailbag questions. Uh, you all had mailbag questions over on the Patreon. So uh, we uh, every once a month or so, once every one to two months, I try to leave an open thread for people to comment and comment you do uh, in general. Uh, over Usually... We get over 100 people commenting every time. We love it. It's awesome. So great. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. But before we get to the mailbag questions, I want to start by talking about something that happened to me today, guys. Uh Uh-oh. I was eating dinner like any normal day. uh, And I was chewing on something soft. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I was like, something doesn't quite feel right. Like, doesn't feel soft what I'm chewing on anymore. Like, like it became suddenly not soft. Suddenly not soft. Uh (laughs) The Dave Chen story. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said? Yeah. Uh, Uh, And it turns out uh, that uh, one of my crowns came out like an hour before the podcast. Crown just ripped clean out. What were you eating? Were you eating some Laffy Taffy or what? I mean, yes. <laughs> As you do. Yes. Oh, uh, it was a... Uh, the taffy a, turned decidedly non-laffy. I was halfway through a jar of caramels, basically. Mm. And then uh, the worst occurred. So, But I think just the idea of like a part of my tooth just ripping out of my mouth is is just probably one of the most visceral ways of experiencing that your body's falling apart. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, yeah. another one is your eyeball explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is out there i have a third if there. you're interested and it involves the vocal cords <laughs> but go ahead with the tooth thing <laughs> yeah it was just it was just like like a thing a tooth you know the idea is like oh this is like firm it's it's what i used to uh to mash things into bits and yeah. push them down into my throat with my meat tentacle in my mouth and uh, and then to have that just like just start coming apart, it's very it's very disorienting. I felt like I'm Caden Katard at the beginning of Synecdoche. You but know? to be fair, the thing that came apart was an artificial uh, in, implement inside the mouth. It wasn't part of the tooth. It was the thing that the dentist added to the tooth. Right? How dare you question my <laughs> realizations? <Jeff? laughs> so what, what Jeff right. is saying is your body was already falling apart. <laughs> So, <laughs> That's right. This shouldn't be Your music. body fell apart long ago. It just rejected the the <laughs> fix. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to the questions over at patreon.com slash film podcast. Is there an end to that story? Yeah. I, what's next? What, uh, just, what, what, what happened like, literally like 90 minutes before I started recording. So I, uh-huh. I need to go in for emergency dental work. Um, Have you, uh, has, booked... your, has your tongue been poking that spot all, all episode long? No. Fortunately, it's like way in the back. But I'm like... I'm I'm worried about. I don't want to make it worse. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Careful. that's what I'm. You, yeah. you know what you should do is not speak for like sustained <laughs> period of time. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Demetra. There's only one thing Straight you can do wrong here. at this point, Dave, and that's <laughs> to continue to speak. <laughs> that's shutting the fuck up is the best solution here. You would like that, all I know. But anyway, okay. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/filmpodcast. People left some comments. Let's get to them. All right, let's do this. Uh, 
so first question let's start with an easy one okay uh this one comes in okay also by the way i I do there's so many challenging ones there's so many challenging ones Mm -hmm. uh so questions multiple choice yes two trains leaving in opposite directions yeah uh so i think one question people had first of all i I just want to point out that like it doesn't Patreon doesn't load all the comments at once. You need to like click load more comments. And I had I had them all loaded up. I was ready to go. I love that. Yeah. And then I accidentally hit refresh on the page so then it unloaded the comments. <laughs> accidentally now, hit refresh? Now I'm rapidly stri- you, Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How here do you here go. accidentally hit refresh? Okay, Brian McFall asks, "Did Jeff ever finish Shit's Creek? If so, ah. any thoughts?" No, I did not. Uh but uh, it is one of those ones where it, 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 we kind of keep it in the holster. It is not a show that I like enough to be compelled to binge it, but it is a show I like. I do like enough to when we we just need like a half an hour of smile mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and no, no pressure. We can yeah. just pop on another episode, and we, which we do frequently. It, but I've never gotten to the end of a Shit's Creek and gone, oh, I got to watch another one of those, <laughs> you know? It, uh, it, it's like a sitcom in the way that, yeah. They individually grow on you, I guess. Yeah, I I, I like it. I'm not saying I don't yeah. like it. I just have never. It, it hasn't been like I'm sorry, which is like, oh my god, we're gonna watch eight of these tonight, uh, or you know, Search Party or a, n- a number of other great half hour shows. Brian Swickline asks, "What are your favorite so bad they're good movies?" Now, I think Devendra actually has an opinion on something being like a so bad they're good or guilty pleasure. Like, I, I think you actually. If I recall correctly, Devendra, you kind of like reject the notion of like a guilty pleasure, right? Like it's just if sure. it's something that gives you pleasure, you shouldn't you feel like guilty it. about it. I think you, should, you shouldn't feel like guilty about it. You should just like it. It's something you like. It's fine. It may not be if it's not in fashion. That's one thing, you know. But you like it. It's it seems very very simple. Yeah. Do you guys like any movies that are considered bad? Oh yeah. Example Chappie. <laughs> Example Chappie. <laughs> Example Chappie. Example. Um, uh, Gods of Egypt. You know, I mean, I don't think it's that, bad. That's for you. Yeah, sure. Take it. I don't think it's bad. But, I mean, I constantly know, have to defend might. Avatar, so do, I guess that counts. <laughs> it's a film I constantly not, have to it's defend. It's not a bad movie. I don't think it's bad. Well, some people might think it's bad, but I don't it's, think it's, it's not so bad. bad. It's good. No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, things I grew up on, uh, Bloodsport. Listen, uh, once I started talking about movies and, you know, uh, interacting with critics and stuff, I learned, uh, to my dismay, that everybody hates Hook. Uh, critics. <laughs> yeah. Hate Hook, and I love that movie with every fiber of my being. And I watching it, you know, rewatching it, I could see the flaws, but I still like, I still genuinely love it. All the things I loved about it before, I I kind of even love more now. Weirdly to say, yeah. I would submit that there's a difference between movies you loved as a kid and subsequently realize aren't that good, sure. and movies that as a full grown adult with all your faculties you genuinely like that are bad movies, you know, like Dave and gods of Egypt is actually a bad movie, mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. for some reason as a full grown adult man thinks it's <laughs> watchable for and force you to watch it after yes. I won the summer movie wager, which yeah. is something I used to do yeah. quite a bit. If you guys recall, uh, yeah, memory is hazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you have any favorite so bad they're good movies or, oh, or bad man. movies? Man, I'm racking my brain. I'm sure I do. I mean, I, I I love the all the sort of classic like cult bad movies like The Room and mm, Troll yeah, yeah. Two and yeah. you know like. But that's kind of che- a, a cheap way out of this question. <laughs> yeah, that's like, <laughs> you, those are the crowd-approved. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, yeah. Like, you like all the all the so bad they're good movies that the riffraff like. Yeah, you well, know? speaking so of riffraff, a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show would fall into that for me. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah nobody fine. else likes that. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I'm trying it's to cool. rack my it's brain. It's cool. It's cool, dude. That's fine. If those are, I your only answers. like good things. That's cool. Dave. You have, I don't know. You yeah, have yeah. no interesting taste. That's fine. I'm sure if I, I'm sure if I look through my. DVDs or something I'd find. I mean, you know what? You know what the, the answer to this is for me? Honestly, professional no. wrestling. Yeah, professional yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Did okay, you watch WrestleMania this week? Yes. Yeah. I, I genuinely, thoroughly love professional wrestling. I think it is a beautiful art form. And I think that is the perfect answer for me for this question because it is something that people just cannot understand how a grown man can appreciate in wrestling. But I do. 
All right. Alex Merle from, I think, Midwest Film Nerds, right? Uh, he asks this question, do any of you have any non-movie related collections? If so, what are they and how extensive are they? What's your favorite piece from the collection? Great question. Yeah. Good question. Jeff Kanata, I think I already know yours. I have a huge comic book collection. Uh, massive. Oh, comic book. I was going to say board games because oh, I went to your house. board games too. Yeah. Board game collection too. Yeah. I was also going to say uh, boxes to hold things in. <laughs> boxes. Yeah. That is yeah. a After Dark callback. That yeah. is not, not necessarily a collection, more like a burden that I uh, cart mm-hmm. around with me from mm-hmm. place to place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have so many comic books that my father uh, constantly is harping on me to come to his house and get them out of his attic because they were, you know, a vestige of my childhood. But I also have many, many boxes that my wife here says, we have to, what are you doing with these? What are they for? Why are there just white long boxes in closets around this house? <laughs> Get rid of, they're pointless. You're not even enjoying them. And I say, the knowledge of owning them is the joy, honey. Yeah. Um, I know what you're going to do with your basement now, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, that's why I need a basement. This is why we're getting going out of state to a larger home, so I can have a place to put my You just want shit. a barn. It'll be the box barn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'd be so great if I never have to yeah. throw anything away. Ugh. Uh, Devendra, any non-movie related collections? I don't I don't know. Like I've never really been much of a collector. Like I, I buy movies because I really love movies. Um I stopped really buying physical games, you know, I think within the last decade. So I really don't have as many of those. I do have a longstanding collection of like my old tech. So there, there are Mm. things I've had like my first cell phone um, tech that's meaningful to me, things I acquire. Like I bought uh, when Microsoft gave up on those stupid kin phones. Like I I I totally, I have a kin in my closet because it's just like an interesting piece of tech. It's weird. Like why the hell did Microsoft do this? And I spent 20 bucks or 30 bucks to, uh, to buy that dumb thing because there's history to it. And there's, there's a story there, you know, that I think is kind of interesting and it's really easy to just forget about these devices, you know, and forget about the history of these things. So I do kind of, I like that, but, um, I wouldn't really call it a collection. I don't know. I just keep old things around. (laughs) Uh, so Jeff, going back to your collection, like what's your favorite piece from either comic book or board game collection? Oh man. Um, my, my board game collection isn't, it's not like a collection in the sense of things that are rare. Uh, but you know, the games that I love and I love my, I love my board game collection for some of the ways that I've tricked it out. Like I have, um, um, custom, uh, box separators so that you, each little piece of a of a very complex board game can have its own little place to live inside the box or so like the the <laughs> the putting away and the taking out of the game is quicker and everything has its little spot i love that shit so like there's a game called caverna which is a really big unruly game that i have like its own box for or its own insert custom insert that these companies make that i had to put together and one for gloomhaven and there's a bunch of games like that um, my comic book collection, I mean, it's all like eighties and nineties stuff. Cause that's, that's the rarest stuff that I had because I, you know, I was super into collect. So I have like all the old uncanny X-Men from the Claremont era. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean all of it. Um, I have, I have assigned, uh, uh, amazing Spider-Man 300 assigned by Tom Farland. And I have, uh, an infinity gauntlet, infinity gauntlet number one signed by Ron Lim, who is the artist on infinity gauntlet. Um, amazing dude that's so yeah cool. i have like a yeah. bunch of jim lee signatures i have that's i think great. maybe yeah. my favorite piece is i have a, an old backing board which i don't even know if people know about comics anymore but you know to keep a comic book flat you idiots like me would buy backing boards and slide them in the plastic coverings mm. um anyway i have an old backing board that i took to comic-con when i was a kid and um my mom stood in line for me and i got a bunch of people to draw things on it so I have like Will Sportatio, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, um, all, all these people drawing little caricatures on the same backing board. And it's one of my most prized possessions from my childhood. So That's cool. Yeah. Devendra, any favorite pieces of tech from your tech collection? I can't. Like, guys, these are things in boxes. That, uh, <laughs> I don't go back and look fondly at them. I think eventually if I, uh, I've been looking at like, you know, different types of cabinets and things I could use. And there's some good, like glass door furniture. Um, maybe some of my old phones, I do miss, uh, I have a fondness for like the pre smartphone era. So like Sony Ericsson's feature phones back in the day, 
I really, I really like their style and they're just dead right now. Um, so things like that, uh, I have some really old keyboards that are kind of cool old video cards. I love like old, old equipment where you could see the full innards and everything too, and the PCBs mm. and everything. So I do have some old video cards. I actually have like a huge collection of video cards at this point because, uh, Certain companies don't want them back. So uh, I just uh, have amassed a pile of things. So I'm sure right now, actually behind me, I have every VR headset that's been released since 2016. Nice. Wow. That's been pretty cool um, because they don't, I try to, uh, uh, for a lot of these companies, like I, please take it back. I don't want it in my house. And they, uh, they also don't know what to do with old hardware. So they just like <laughs> refuse to take it back. So some things I've just given away. You know, my brother has one of my old VR headsets now because he has a computer. But beyond that, it's just like eh, they either you throw them out, which I don't want to do, or they hang around. And I do think they make a kind of good set dressing in my background. I, I want to hear your answer to this, Dave. But but let me just tell a quick story that you reminded me of um, in preparation for our house potentially being listed. We we're getting it photographed. And in preparation for my house getting photographed, it has been a huge cleaning effort and getting rid of things and, you know, putting things, just making the house look pristine. And part of that involved me having to take a bunch of things to uh, a place that takes shit that you can't just put in the garbage, you know, mm -hmm. like... Paint, electronic recycling or electronic or recycling things. right electronic yeah. recycling also paint and all that sort of thing so i took this big load you know all, drove all across town to get, go to this place and man what an experience that was mm. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if I've, I've never been to it before so i don't know if it was different because of covid but the way they had it set up was it was a drive-through only nice and so you you're like i was in this line of cars that were all fed through this little loop that you know dudes in masks would come to the back of your car. You couldn't get out of your car. They would unload the stuff. And it was fascinating to see stacks of televisions, stacks of speakers and, and audio equipment. Oh, it just, yeah. just all of it being stuffed in these, yeah. you know, it's shrink wrapped and moved out. It's like, Oh my God, we are, it, it made me, sad for the planet oh, yeah. all of it all, you know, all the just, rare earth chemicals and uh, minerals in there like mm, it's uh it's real bad it's real bad yeah. what we're doing um a topic explored in the film chappy <laughs> <laughs> davidra you are on fire tonight yeah dude you are crushing it <laughs> also samsara another good movie that explores that topic yeah, really but good, in a very yeah. different way than chappy <laughs> uh okay uh, oh, my, my answer. I don't really have an answer to this. I collect like camera equipment, but I kind of try to use it. So it's more just like I buy cameras and then. And Why then do it's you like, buy okay. so many cameras? That's my question. And it's yeah. like, well, I should sell it. But like, the, <laughs> but the th and, and the thing is, I, many, many cameras I often do sell. So I actually do sell sure, sure. these cameras. But like. It's a pain in the ass to sell things. It's a pain in the ass to sell cameras. Uh, but, but Dave, I saw you walking around town. You, you posted some photos from your Sony A6500. I know you've got much better cameras than that. So why, <laughs> you know, why that one? Why, why not one of the fancier ones? Uh, I think that the re the reason for that is you're like, like you're like Jay Leno going out in a <laughs> shitty car, hundred percent, hundred percent, except with probably approximately fifty billion dollars less money than him. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, sometimes it's like. Uh, it, it's less, first of, first of all, the A6500 is a great camera. Let me put that out there. But also, it's just like about what mood I'm in. Like what, what, what I, sometimes I'm like, I want to go out and like test the limits of a piece of kit I have. You know what I mean? It's less about, I want to take the best picture possible and more about like, I wonder what this thing is capable of, you know, in this environment. Um, but yeah, the the thing is, like, very often I have sold cameras and then I regret it. I'm like, oh man, I wish I still had <laughs> old Bessie around, you know, or whatever the yeah. hell, like, you know. And it's if just only, like, if only I didn't have fifty other things that could also <laughs> take photos. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to tell you guys. This is a true story. Um, uh -huh. When I graduated from college, I spent uh, I put like around eight thousand dollars of camera equipment on my credit card, and I was like. And I was like, if if everything goes wrong for me from a career standpoint, I'm going to be able to use this equipment to shoot weddings and make uh -huh, money doing uh -huh. that. Because I, I had I had shot a bunch of weddings before and I knew how to do it well. Mm -hmm. And 
Did you I have a like, job after college or did you just like plunk down this on top of your college debt? <laughs> um, I had a job. I got a job. Yeah. After okay. college. But, but, but basically it was like, but it was a very transitory job. It was a job where right, right, right. Uh, I was a researcher basically. And they, there was literally a five-year limit on the job. So it was like, if, if I ever get in a bad state, I'm going to just hold on to this. And basically Not a bad idea. Not a bad I idea. still basically have that equipment to this day. But you learn some like, skills, you know, that's what it is. It's an investment right. in you. Even though, like, the camera world has moved on dramatically since then. Like, it's just, the equipment is not even close to being state-of-the-art anymore. But it's just, like, it's always this thing that I was like, that's the that's the backup plan. In case something, in case, like, I get fired, that's the backup plan. Um, in case the Slice Filmcast Patreon folds, that's the backup plan. You know, <laughs> like, you gotta have a backup, you gotta have a plan yeah. B. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay, so that's my kind of non-movie-related collection. I will say, I enjoy collecting movie memorabilia that i get from the fact that uh at one point in time we were uh, a slightly larger deal in the movie world um and devoted a lot more time to like talking about movies and you know interviewing people and stuff like that um uh, so there's a bunch of random shit i have like uh yeah like a like dark keys yeah yeah like uh i have a like like a you know those clown masks at the beginning of Dark Knight uh, uh-huh, that they used uh-huh. to rob the bank? So I have one of those, like, a, like oh, an actual man. one of those yeah. masks. You know, you like, know uh, yeah, yeah. let me just throw in here because there's one I have coveted for for over a decade now. Uh-huh. When they did the fountain, they mm. created a snow globe of oh. the tree. And I think Max Avery has one. I've seen some of my New York friends have one. I'm like, God damn, I did. That is one thing I need in my life. You know, um, so hey, if anybody has a source for the fountain promotional snow globe, I'm I'm down. That's the thing that sucks about it's a good it. Idea is, is yeah. like they give schmucks like me and and Max this like super cool shit, and you can't even buy it. That's the thing you that's can't so buy sad. It, yeah, like if you could buy it, it'd be like, yeah, that's great. I would totally buy this. But it's like you they they make like limited run of these things uh for like when a movie comes out for the yeah. for the PR and then they never make them again and it's I just do, like oh, I, I have a good one actually uh also I got from Max um remember the movie Splice remember the monster <laughs> Splice yes yeah I remember Splice that. Dren uh baby Dren they made a plush doll of <laughs> oh, baby Dren yeah. and I have it now and now my daughter walks around with it and really likes it mm, one so, day she's going to learn about what that yeah, what, what that about. really is it's yeah that'd be awesome I have I have uh, all of this except for video games, and uh, but just just recently I was uh, I have this like stitches the stitches from uh, World of Warcraft. They I got a plushie of stitches, and my wife and I have been like hiding it in each other's uh, under each other's pillow, so we wake up with this horrifying stitches. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the best one of these guys, I think I can trump everybody's because the uh-huh. best one of these that I ever got, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think I still have it somewhere. It was too weird to get rid of. I think, if memory serves, it was for the game Darksiders or Darksiders 2, I think. But I could be wrong. It's not a good thing that you don't even remember which game it's from because that was the mm-hmm. whole point of it. But yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> they sent me and a number of video game folks like me a mini tombstone uh-huh, uh-huh. with my own name on it <laughs> and my death date. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They wrote like the (laughs) date you are going to die on this tombstone. It's pretty good here. What what was the date, Jeff? Do you remember what it was? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's come and gone. I think it might've been like the release date of the game or something, but it was. Damn. So, so my plan didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But dude, how creepy is it to get your own tombstone with your name? And And I'm not talking like a plastic piece of shit. This is like stone carved etched it must have cost a fortune it was heavy as shit for darksiders i think Man. it was darksiders I, it was some, a game like darks i may not have been mm. a, but I, yeah dude it was super expensive and i was like you, you literally just sent me a fucking tombstone with my name on it garbage yeah it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great i mean i told you guys what happened at like uh it wasn't it wasn't the last cs it was two cs's ago but the whole Westworld thing Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was the thing where they like they they social media stalked us and built these profiles and had people come up to us while we were waiting in line, you know, to uh, to talk up talk to me as if they knew me. So that's when shit started getting really wild. Like things (laughs) things in the mail I can understand. You know, I got a once I got like a book with my face in like a ghostly form because there was a there was an event 
at a ha- potentially haunted place uh, near New York. So they sent me a ghost book of myself. Um, but the the Westworld thing will still that will haunt me because of how real it felt. Mm. Yeah, that's that's weird. This is the South by Southwest experience. Or this is right? no, this was yeah. the CES thing oh, where CES, it was a gotcha. fancy ass dinner where they basically um, it was ahead of Westworld season three. So they were basically. Um, yeah, just just promoting the idea of this uh, this service that could connect you with people who are exactly like you, right? They it knows everything about you and can connect you with people who also know everything about you. It was very weird, very strange. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. Okay, Matthew Henshaw writes this question. I I don't think Jeff is going to even have an answer for this one, but that's okay. This is going to be a me and Devinder question. What is your favorite non-Region A Blu-ray or DVD? Mm. Oh, I I got a good one. I'm excited for the release of Memories of Murder by Criterion, but I know there Uh are other films that are probably great that won't see release in the U.S. Thank you. That's Matthew Henshaw. Uh, Devinder, go ahead. What's your your one? Uh, I think it was before... um, That's why it was like really importing stuff, but... There was like a steel case edition of Battle Royale. Oh, that was I region remember. free. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think when we were all yeah living together, I think I may even gotten it at that point because we watched it with Brian, our roommate. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. I still own that. And even though, even though like that movie is just easily accessible now on Netflix, I think it's still there. Um, but super easily accessible now. That was a time when I had to like go to Yes Asia, you know, and pay fifty dollars yeah. for a movie that uh, Ain't It Cool News told me was cool. So very different time. I want to say, first of all, uh, a very kind listener, Jeff from Australia, uh, sent me a gift earlier this year uh of uh, memories of murder blu-ray very nice, uh, very nice which is really cool and then uh but uh you know that was before we knew that it was going to be on criterion basically but and now I that gift is trash probably my favorite gift that somebody like and uh, yeah I, I used to buy a bunch of like jackie chan john woo movies off of like sketchy stores in chinatown and stuff and uh, certainly have a lot of fond memories from there. But like, probably one of the favorite things I ever got was a movie called Kong Curling or mm. King Curling. Sorry, King Curling. Yeah, yeah, King Curling, which is basically like a kind of like naked, not no, not naked gun esque, but like <laughs> uh, maybe like major league esque sort of film about the sport of curling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I saw it at the Seattle International Film Festival. I'm like, this is hilarious. And it was never released in the United States. Uh, and somebody <laughs> gifted it to me for, who like is a, was a listener from, I don't remember if it was Sweden or Denmark, one of those uh, Scandinavian countries, um, but gifted it to me. And I, I have not opened it yet because I don't have a Blu-ray player that can play region free. But I've always treasured it as like, wow, this is, it's just cool to own something that like no one else in the country has. You know what I mean? Like, as, and and it's like a good movie too. It's a movie I really enjoyed. Um, and I'm afraid. To by the way, it. that's the origin story of a supervillain. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just cool to own something that no one else in the country has. Imagine if you could own something that no one else in the universe had. That's how I <laughs> developed my death ray. No, um, <laughs> one yeah. NFT to rule them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a controversial one, guys. Oh boy. This one comes in from Marques Stewart. I, I I might have to sit this one out. <laughs> Oh, good. Mark. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Um, Marcus Stewart asks, what is your ranking of the major available streaming services oh. from must have to don't need it all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, I work at a company that has a streaming service that I used to work for. So I'm going to sit this one out, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys fight this one out. So must oh, have man. to don't need it all. Hmm. So many, there's so many. I think we would just forget a bunch. There, sure, so many. let's just do kind of like uh, the, the maybe majors. top three, bottom three. Top I mean, two, I, bottom I feel two, like you know? the ones that I can't live without personally are uh, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime Video, and uh, HBO. Uh, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. Man, it, it, really, it, really, it's, it's immensely gratifying to hear you say Prime Video on there, Jeff. Just gonna put uh, that out there. I, yeah. I think that's essential. I think that's essential. But it's also the one that I get without actually having right. to try <laughs> yeah i got the, i got that next day shipping and the you know the streaming service amazon's comes along got us forever basically yeah. yeah oh man 
I don't. I have to think about it. I do watch a lot of Amazon Prime, but for me, it would probably be Netflix. Huh. Disney Plus Ooh, right I now. About Disney Plus because of the kids. Because of the kids. Now, now with the yeah. fucking Marvel Star Warsification, yeah. of it, you know yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything. Plus, if you have a kid, like you're you yeah. legally obligated to have a subscription to Disney Plus. Um, okay, okay, okay. Let's yep. do, let's do this yep. way. Which I, I okay. So Netflix, HBO Max, Prime Video, Disney Plus. One of them has to go. Mm. Like you can't have one of them. Which one Ooh. is that for you guys? I mean, there's really nothing new happening on Amazon. I'm, I'm sorry. I to might, say. I might say Amazon has to go too. Damn. But I like having Amazon. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice okay. to have. It's a nice to have. All right. Well, uh, understood. And uh, there's a bunch of ones we didn't name. Obviously, Hulu, Paramount Plus. Right. right? Yeah. I, I think. I think the better question would be like, what are the non-major ones that are essential to you? Mm. you are know? there any, Devendra? Criterion Channel, I think, is is kind of up there, and uh, I I bought like a Shutter subscription, you know, uh, for an annual fee at a discount, and I have to say, like, occasionally there are things that pop up there that I really enjoy. I like uh, I like the horror, so there's stuff like that. Paramount Plus occasionally has things to, um, you know, kind of in and out on services. Here's the thing: it's not it's not a blood oath, you know. You're they, they, you don't owe them everything. You can you can sign up, check out some stuff, and leave. So. I do like the the dip in and dip out as well. The only other one I pay for, I think, is uh, Hulu. And I do that because the experience of Hulu without commercials is chef's kiss. Yes, perfect. Yeah. All right. Also, also, I guess YouTube is up there, right? I do. I yeah. watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. I, I yeah. as I said, I've considered it an essential subscription for me. It's essential. Point, so. Yeah. Ever since I was brought into the fold in the family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've done a lot more YouTube, but it's almost exclusively Lego videos. I guys, I watch so much Lego videos at this point. It's uh-huh. in, I'm so hooked on Lego videos. It's, it's, it's just, this it's is just bad. you, not the kids, right? Yeah, no, no. This is after the kids are asleep. This is after my wife is asleep. <laughs> I watched Lego videos. It's like Dimitri's just like that's so adorable that you're supporting your kids yeah. with your no, YouTube. No, 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 no. My son yeah. has no idea that I watch Lego videos behind his back, except that he, when he loads up YouTube, he's like, "Dad, what are all these?" I'm like, "Go, oh, uh, that's my daddy's videos." Don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. Okay. Uh, Tyler Keen asks. Oh, 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 so, so, yeah, Jeff. Are, b- before we move on, like, are there any other like off the beaten path things that? You subscribe to by any chance or no? No, I, th- I think the only ones that I have an active subscription to are, uh, I just recently canceled my substitute for cable, right? I, I had a AT&T mm-hmm. uh, direct account oh, and yeah. I just those, canceled those that. Those things are, you, you don't need them really. Yeah. Well, yeah. they just discontinued it in a weird way. Anyway, yeah. I was like, well, this is a good opportunity for me to just cut the cord off this completely because I didn't need live TV really. Um, and so I don't think I think that I've listed all the ones that I actually pay for. Um Disney, Netflix, I mean Amazon because of that's just part of the thing. And uh HBO. I think those are the only ones that I actually pay for. I'm I've been tempted by the AMC a number of times. Um you, you gotta AMC watch Plus. Gangs of London, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, Gangs of London. You can you watch it watch, like you can yeah. you can buy Gangs of London now. It's yeah. a, you you oh, no yeah, it's longer also need airing to, on AMC now. It's too. also airing on AMC. You no longer need an AMC Plus subscription to watch Gangs of London. You can get Gangs of London PSA. Yeah, yeah PSA. Yeah, so check that out. Okay. Uh, uh, Tyler Keen asks the question. This is a good one. This question tells you a lot about someone. Friends, Seinfeld, Frasier, rank them. Oh, this is easy for me. I agree. I agree. Jeff, yeah. go first. Seinfeld. Yep. End of list. <laughs> Devendra, uh, listen. I uh, I have watched a lot more Frasier in my life because I love Frasier. I Seinfeld is the better show, but I would rank Frasier up there. Um, and uh, Kill Friends. I don't like Friends. Never yeah. like Friends. <laughs> this wasn't a uh, fuck marry kill Devendra. This no, is but I still want to kill Friends. <laughs> just want to erase it from existence. Yeah. Uh, I would put Seinfeld up there first. Uh, Frasier second, and then Friends a extremely. So far in the distance, you can't even see it third. But I'm curious why we all don't like Friends. I hate them. I hate them all. <laughs> I mean, it. I, it was a huge show that I just wasn't there for at all. I I, yeah. I don't. 
I don't, it, I missed the, I missed the boat on it. I, I think I was in college when it was like at its height and it, it just, I don't know. It was, I also never really watched Frasier to be quite honest with you. I yeah, watched the shit A lot shit of people of didn't film. watch uh, Frasier. So that, that's the thing. Like I ended up watching Frasier in like high school and I kind of really liked it there. And then my wife, it turns out my wife really likes it too. So since it's been on streaming services, we've just watched it over and over and over. And uh, certainly a lot less like uh, aggressive than Seinfeld, right? It is an easy show to watch. Just chill, you know, and I, I kind of appreciate that. But Friends, like it's not even just missing the zeitgeist. I hate all the characters. My wife really likes Friends and I hate everybody. And specifically, I can't I don't think I can stand David Schwimmer. So that's just me. Well, first of all, David Schwimmer has gotten a lot more interesting and better since sure, sure. since Friends. Yeah, he's apparently he's a, in a very good guy. Yeah. People versus OJ Simpson. He was Amazing. good there, but also apparently like a good human being who's been good yeah. to his coworkers and in the uh, amid all the stories of Hollywood being bullshit and people treating everyone like trash, um it is good that apparently he's a very nice guy but yeah i do do not like that character don't like any of the characters so why would i watch the show you know this is a very good question Mm -hmm. this is a very good this is probably possibly the next one is the most important question of the whole night this one comes from laura did we ever find out if minari was sitting in jeff's rental queue all along and if so (laughs) did he watch it Uh, the answer is that the truth of the answer is that I think I, or my wife at some point started that movie. Cause I did I not see. have, uh, I yeah. see, I see. Yeah. So, so basically for those who don't know, basically on our previous episode, Jeff was saying he rented Minari and then never watched it because I think to quote Jeff, uh, it, more than 48 hours had elapsed at which point I reminded him on air. Jeff, you have 30 days to watch that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have 48 hours from the p- point where and you started. Jeff was like, I'll was, be right back. Yeah. I was hoping nobody <laughs> remembered any of these this conversation because I was mm-hmm. so embarrassed by that entire yeah. progression of events. As well as well, you should have. As well yeah. you should have. I mean, I don't know if you remember the other tidbit of information there. that The reason that 48 hours elapsed is because I had emergency surgery on my throat. <laughs> don't recall that. I don't it's recall uh, that part. Not relevant to this. Yeah, yeah. not okay. relevant to the conversation. Fair, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have not seen Minari. Uh, I, I hope to. I intend to. I'm not going to pay to see it. At oh this man! Point Actually, again. amid what you're doing now, Jeff, like, uh, yeah. watch away. Oh we yeah, go it's first. about relocating yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leanne Royo asks, "I think we all deserve to know why Devendra and Jeff have blue checks on their Twitter accounts, and Dave does not." <laughs> I mean, I know. But, I, I think we both uh, I don't know. want to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. it really. It really says a lot. I just, I'm, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Some people are good and uh, some are trash. <laughs> wow. I should then I would have gone, just but you know, so not wrong. Fucking cold blooded. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, uh, here's a question I want to ask you, Jeff. Can I, cause okay. So Devinger works for Engadget and generally if you work yeah. for, if you a, work for a media company and they yeah. buy Twitter ads, you will get a check. Yeah. You'll it's get it. You know, so, really so, stupid. so the, the, the mystery of how Devinger got verified is not, not, uh, is not a mystery to me. Jeff Kanata, I'm curious, did you have to quote unquote apply to get verified or did they just verify you? Like, do you remember you was are there not a day believe, that it happened? You are not going to believe me. When I tell you the, I trust you. The, trust me, I will believe literally anything you say next. Okay, so aliens <laughs> came down. No, um, <laughs> uh, I, w- the, I wish I could tell you the year. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, I had I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I got an email out of the blue mm-hmm. saying. We would like to verify you on Twitter. Mm. Uh, click this link to do it. I, at that moment, did not know there was such a thing as a blue check mark. Like, anyway. I had no idea what it was. It was a long time ago. It was like <laughs> Twitter was not, you know. Um, right. But I they, also they, remember. I also you remember joined the, when uh, when they needed hot people, Jeff. Like you were, you were a hot oh. media star. Well, I will, I will be. <laughs> I, I will flex a little bit and say that when I first joined Twitter, I was in the top fifty of all followed people on Twitter. Oh yeah, wow. Because I believe, it. I believe it. nobody yeah. nobody recalls except us maybe, but that 
it was a total like tech nerd thing. Yeah. And I worked for revision three, which was like the tech nerd video podcasting company. Uh-huh. And I remember, I remember vividly sitting around, we were on the top 50. I think Alex Albrecht who told me about Twitter in the first place was like in the top 10 of all followed people. And we were, I, I remember so vividly sitting around <laughs> and this will date the conversation very specifically, but we were all sitting around and going, man, when Britney Spears gets on this thing, it's just going to take off. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> incredible. I, Dude, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. Yeah. I remember how I was sitting in the, on the couch. And yeah. we were just like, dude, can you imagine when Britney Spears gets on this? Yeah. Yeah. Britney Spears was the high watermark. And that was around the time when you got an email to verify. Yourself. It was somewhere, I, I think it was a little later than that. But yeah, I got, I mean, I didn't even know there was such a thing as verification. I think verification came later than that conversation that I just mentioned. But yeah, I, I don't know how I got on someone's radar, but I got an email out of the blue saying, you know, yeah. so uh, you earned, like to you earned your blue check, Jeff. That's what you're saying. I, I yeah, <laughs> I was somebody knew of me. Did. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just, here's what I'm going to say. There was a point in my life when I cared. Right. Like there was a point in my life where like I I literally tried. Was that like 14 seconds ago when we were making fun of you? <laughs> Just click and refresh. <laughs> Every, <laughs> we're, we're like, I tried really hard to get it. Like I used every like i i there's people i know in twitter you know like uh-huh, there's uh-huh. people like listeners of this show some of my other shows work in twitter right and it's like i used yeah. every connection i could like <laughs> applied using the tw- verification like i did everything yeah. i worked for a company that spent many many millions of dollars on twitter right and it, so, it like, turns out you're the only person to ever have been shadow banned from verification <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. This is and, one list, one so, name. So yeah. yeah, so that all happened. Like where I did, I did everything in my power, and then it, like uh, nothing, just complete dead ends. And, and and then I was just like, you know what? If I continue caring about this, it's going to drive me mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like at some point stopped giving a shit, and it's actually been fine. You know, because the thing is, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of cool people who aren't verified. And oh, that is yeah. a fact. Definitely, that's what definitely. that's what people who aren't verified say to yeah. each other. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> remember that one day? There was one day when uh, all the verified people got banned. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, oh yeah, I remember. It went silent. Yeah. Like they we could not tweet because tweet. of a hack. Yeah, yeah. We and it was tweet. the most beautiful thing <laughs> was, I've ever experienced in my the, entire life. It made it all worth. Made it, it made not getting banned. <laughs> it's like that that speech from Pulp Fiction where he's like, "It would have been worth him keying my car for me to just, catch him keying just my for me car." To catch it. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth twelve years of not getting verified <laughs> that, just to get to for that those moment. Three hours when you just can... for that three hours of time. <laughs> When all the people got banned, it was it was incredible. I honestly, you know, probably because of how blithely that whole situation landed upon me, I've never been registered like the the cult of of blue check mark. But it's so weird how people will respond to me or, or tweet at me. You know, you know, in that like, well, blue check mark, me, me, me. and I'm like, I, 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 it's it's such a non thing. That's right. That's right. Jeff. I'm glad you pointed this out. That basically having a blue check mark is often a liability. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sure. yeah. No, it's better. So for maybe you not I to don't want to be. Maybe I don't want to be fair. Did you guys think of that? Yeah. Did I you mean, guys think um, of that? You know what this may all result from, Dave, is that is the the thing that you have often cited of the in, the International Brotherhood of David Chen's. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like if you. If you get verified as a David Chen, maybe that is somehow a slight to all the other David Chens, you know, or they can't, they can't verify one David Chen among an army of David Chens, but there's really only two Jeff Kanatas uh, of note. And one of them has my Wikipedia page. <laughs> the other one is me. <laughs> there is a David Chen, uh, who is a, an actor slash, uh, stunt person. Mm. Uh, is he verified? Uh, I I don't know if he's verified, but I will say he is much hotter than me. Um, that seems impossible. I you know I know. Thank you know. I'm thanks for saying that. Um, yeah. Here I'm he's a stunt gonna, person. He lands on his face all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna here I'm gonna actually show you guys his photo. You can kind of see him. 
I just I just texted it to you. Do you guys see? Oh, oh boy. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Oh, um, here it comes. Do you have this saved on your phone? out of the park tonight it's the exhaustion yeah Davina, you're just dropping uh, bombs left and right man it's amazing is this is it this dude with the cuck shirt is the, the hat dude the, the, uh, the link the is not resolving okay okay if oh, i okay if i hold if i long click on my phone i see it it's a very handsome man i have to say yeah, yeah. i see a guy that has a cuck shirt on is that the dude no no Anyway, here here is his uh, here is his um, bio on IMDb. A North Jersey native, David Chen is no stranger to wild action scenes. David starting started learning martial arts at the age of five. He studied many oh. forms of martial arts for over fifteen years, including karate, ninjutsu, taekwondo, and Shaolin kung fu. David is of mixed heritage, sharing Samoan, African, American, and Chinese ancestry. Standing at six foot one, he's an actor specializing in the action genre as well as a fight choreographer. He's done extra work on films such as Spider-Man 3, War of the Worlds, and Music of the Heart, directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> Music of the Heart, directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> A.K.A. the movie that Wes Craven was most known for. Dude, we're on John Wick 3. I, I think we know what we have to do here. What's we that? have to contact this other David Chen. Mm. And, have you uh, had contact with him before? Him. We so we have had con- we actually follow each other on Twitter because we've been mistaken for each other before. Mm. Yeah, and obviously so not pe- physically. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like the after dark is just like shitting on David Chen. <laughs> not you, this David Chen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been like mistaken for like someone tried to tweet at him that was tweeting at me or vice versa, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, so we've we've kind of like, oh, hey, there's another David Chen who like kind of works in movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, he went with one, the underscore and, and, and David, David Chen, Chen. Who talks about them. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the same thing. So basically the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway. You've never met him in person. No, no, no. Of course not. You need to do that. You need to do that. I'm pretty sure uh, two David Chens can't occupy the same space at the same mm, time. It's not going to happen. But I would actually love to talk <laughs> to this guy. Space Chen continuum. Uh, first, for the to have two David Chens on the cast, but also like uh, he's done stunts on a bunch of cool things. I feel like that would yeah. be a good yeah. conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's another. I know another Dave Chen who's like a super like hedge fund person, uh, who's a friend of a friend named David Chen. Super hedge fund person. Basically, every David Chen is more successful than me. It's kind of what, <laughs> kind of what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Are there any other Davindra Hardwars? No. No. That's not, that's good. Uh, what does the other Jeff Kanata do? He's a musician, and it's very frustrating to me uh, because <laughs> I was um, I was I had my I had a Wikipedia page for years. Yeah. And then somebody, for some reason, reported me as being, you know, not meeting the notoriety. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so, like, the day that I got How booted, uh, maybe it was one of his people. I don't know. Like, one, the day that I got booted, it got replaced with this musician dude who I'm sure <laughs> is furious that I have at Jeff Kanata, you know, on everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a musician that, like, like, I think, like, a kind of a Yanni type, like, electric kind of Jeff Kanata was a founding member and driving force behind the New Haven based progressive rock band Jasper Rath. Yeah. He was the drummer for the group however. He uh, however he also sang, played woodwinds and wrote a majority of the songs on their 1971 self-titled debut album. Yeah. The band retained a local following and continued touring until they disbanded in 1976, end quote. That's from the Wikipedia page. Wow. Um Oh, also <laughs> It looks like he released albums as himself yeah. under the under the band name Kanata. Mm. Pretty good, right? Mm. Uh, these are the the names of his discography uh, as Kanata. Images of Forever, Watching the World, Mysterium Magnum, 
Mm. My back page is volume one. Yeah. And no volume two, I guess. <laughs> That's all the back pages he had. Kind of a bummer. Kind yeah, of a bummer. Prog rock. It's all prog rock, I guess. You know, speaking of people who kind of had a really strong debut and then like what happened to them, there's this viral tweet going around uh, about how Blade puts the MCU to shame. And it's yeah. this tweet about yeah. it's show, showing images from, from Blade. The movie, the Stephen There's Norrington some good movie. shit in, in Blade. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm but... gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, and Jeff, like, I guess we're gonna f- have to fight about this for ten years now. But I, I would agree with you that from a storytelling perspective, MCU is really satisfying. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but from a aesthetic perspective, I think it actually looks quite ugly most of the yep. time. Um, yep. yep. Have you seen and... the end of Blade in the last ten years? I mean that 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 was a limitation of technology. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah, I would say that. Look, there are some exceptions. Okay, yeah. Jeff, it's not like Blade looked awesome all the way through, but I would argue the heights of Blade are more visually striking than anything I've seen in the MCU. I will tell you, Blade was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. Oh yeah, because of that opening sequence in the Beautiful. in the yeah. in the. Uh, bathhouse or whatever it is the also a hard r comic book movie you know yeah. like at that point was uh that that was perfect for high school me like that the yeah. electronic music and the strobe light yeah. like seeing it is so it's cool fucking cool but i yeah. don't think the rest of the movie ever gets to that point again there's, okay i mean I that's mean, fair the, the subway <laughs> sequence like they, there's a whole action sequence like while there's a moving train like there's there's such great things the uh yeah. and of course like the uh the slow-mo park sequence where he saves the girl which is just like giving a pseudo bullet time at that point like the the the, the ending is not great the big cg monster not great yeah, but not i do great. think like there is personality in here that it took the mcu a while to kind of get to maybe the first iron man had it but i feel like not until thor ragnarok do we get like real personality in the mcu there and there's some great so i i'm going a little hard on the mcu i mean um, my my friend and collaborator patrick willems his first viral video essay was about why do marvel movies look kind of bad yep and Mm -hmm. he kind of analyzes the color palette of marvel movies and finds that like they basically they're all really really muted like in terms of like the 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 saturation on all marvel movies is dialed way down and now that i see it it's like i can't unsee it like it's like once you hear a cough in a movie theater it's like or you know pre-covid you know what i'm saying like basically it's one of those things like once you notice it you can't stop noticing was people it the doing favreau it. Uh, the favreau aesthetic that kind of stuck with it is that what perhaps I although forget. i would argue yeah. iron man actually looks pretty good as a movie you know yeah. like the first yeah. one so it's, but, that's uh, kind of something that's changed yeah. though i mean i i would say you know captain marvel has a different is less less that even the guardians of the galaxy movies guardians was good yeah, yeah guardians yeah, was i guess like but i was pops. watching endgame the other night and i was like thinking to myself like there's there's that famous scene at the end where like steve rogers stands out among the field and like the composition is incredible but the colors don't look good like it, mm, they mm. they are very muted and it's obviously a decision that they make i I can understand why they might want to do that. They they might want to do it because it's like we're already dealing with fantastical things already. We don't want this to look too weird because like it's almost like because they're muting the color palette, mm-hmm. they can go a little bit more wild with the powers and the stuff that's actually happening on screen. I wonder if they've ever like fully talked about that. But uh, while yeah. we're talking about Blade, by the way, like uh, I have seen a lot of like resurgent love for Blade. I, re- I really like Blade, but it's no Blade 2. <laughs> okay, Blade Two is a goddamn masterpiece. I rewatch that movie often. I have invited crowds of friends to watch that. Um, one of my favorite, like BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music memories of the last few years was seeing like a double feature of Blade One and Blade Two, and like Guillermo del Toro just like really rocked that movie. Just like it, it does everything so well and everything I wanted from the first Blade. So yeah, I hope at some point we'll have a time, we'll have a chance to like sit back and deconstruct Blade Two. Maybe Blade 1 and Blade 2. How about that? But not 3, because that doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you have any opinion on the uh, on the Blade movies? Yeah, like I said, I loved that first Blade, but it, and I, and I, I the, enjoyed the other, Blade 2. Well, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. They are from an era where you just didn't get good comic book movies, right? Yes, and, and yep. Um, 90s it, were a dark st- time. Yeah. yeah, it stands out as being amazing. I I haven't revisited, uh, certainly haven't revisited Blade 2 in a while. Blade I, I, 2. I oh, revisit man. that movie. 
but yeah, I, I don't know if uh, if they would would hold up. I mean, they very much '90s movies. Like even that sequence that Light I lauded, 2002, sir. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, I'll give it a shot. I, I, Blade I, Two I, had choreography by Donnie Yen. Yeah, I remember liking it. I just haven't seen Blade it so wrestled long. Wrestled Ron Perlman. Mm, Come on. Yeah. 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 These I remember are all liking things. it. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't. Uh, I haven't seen it in so long. It's yeah. It's, it, it is uh, a perfect popcorn movie. I'd say like a big. Yeah bloody monster movie it's so much fun yeah of a, of a time when the the pickens were slim as far mm-hmm. as that kind of stuff mm-hmm. well it's also posted like blade one was pre-matrix blade two was post-matrix and the matrix yeah. changed everything it and did. i do give blade two a lot of credit for being very different than what the post-matrix action kind of was like they did start using they they use some cg and not all of it looks great but the I think the visual aesthetic for what Guillermo del Toro was going for was clear, like anime meets martial arts movies, and it works in a really clear way for me. Yeah, this I remember trying to stream Blade Two a while ago, and I remember this the transfer looked pretty rough. Devendra, I, I wish there was a four K. I wish there was there, a 4K there is a four K Blu Ray. Yeah. I oh really? I, I have not been able to find a four K Blu Ray of Blade Two. Uh, but if there was one, I w- there is a 4K Blu-ray of Blade 1. Blade 1. Yeah, that just came out. Yes, there was yeah. like a re-release of Blade 2 or something. Yeah, I, I, I would, if I would if like If you find a good one. quality transfer, I'm willing to invest in it. But yeah, I, I haven't is, seen one of them. I would, I would wait. So if they did Blade 1, they will probably do Blade 2. Blade 1 came out December 1st. So Blade 2 is probably, hopefully, happening. I hope so. Let's hope so. Please. All right, let's do two more quick questions. These are actually pretty good. Um, I mean, they're all really good. But mm-hmm. these, these are, I think, are, will be good to end on. Um. Zin Yu Zhang, Zin Yu Zhang uh, asks, quote, if your life becomes, actually, I think Zhang is probably the wrong pronunciation, probably Zong, but anyway, if your life becomes a movie and you have say on everything, which actor would you cast to play you? And <laughs> which director would, meme. And yeah. which director would you hire to direct it? <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Uh, which actor would you... I, I, I'm, I'm we should torn. do each other instead of ourselves. <laughs> that may be more fun. Yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn on. Yeah, maybe like yeah, maybe the other people should do the like the two other people should do the the third person, right? Yeah. So who should be Devendra Hardaway? <laughs> oh, man, That's a good question. I don't. There, there aren't that many actors. I actually know who I'd say for me. Maybe um, yeah. Hassan Minaj. <laughs> Sure. You know, he's a yeah. good-looking like fellow. He's, he's good. That's great. Uh, no, not, not who I'd pick. But, yeah. Who, who, who? Yeah. Yeah. I, if you, if you have, you put some thought into this already. Yeah. Went, yeah. yeah. It is the uh, the perfect combo of Dev Patel and Ang Lee. That is what <laughs> I would do. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dev Patel would be pretty great. Maybe we'll have better ideas for ourselves than the other people. I mean, I I have a pretty, I have have a pretty specific you guys at all. Sorry, I have a pretty specific idea for my. uh, Like, Uh I was actually thinking about this this week because people are. There's this meme going around that's like, tweet your who your like celebrity parents are, right? And I think my celebrity parent could probably play me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's trippy. But uh, well, you, you know, younger Wong? version of this guy. Younger version. Of this. Yes, it's Benedict Wong. I'm like yeah. that guy. I nailed yes. it. One. That guy. Yes, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, I'm He's like great. that guy. He's always Love great. that guy. Love that guy. He would be. He would. He would do a great job as you. I, I think yes. that'd, be, that'd be awesome. I agree. I agree. And in terms of director, He's probably not that much older yeah. than you. <laughs> <laughs> I met him in real life, by the way. I, I got to interview him. Oh, nice. He's a really, like a nice really guy. nice guy. Yes. I, he's I know you're 49 already. years old, Jeff. He's 49 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a, not that much older than you. He's slightly older. older than me. It's slightly older than me. Uh, he's a really nice guy, Dave, but I still think he could play you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> we, uh, we, we know who the director would be. It would be Michael Haneke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Or is it Michelle? Dis- I forget. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't yeah. disagree. No, yeah, I know. I know you well enough. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm actually upset by how good that answer is. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> and that, uh, the reason I chose Ang Lee is because I do believe he is the best person at capturing both the beauty and the tragedy of life. So, yeah. Oh, well, great. And I yeah. get the person that just does the tragedy of life. Just tragedy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And uh, serial killer stalkers? Yeah. What? Was uh, the movie he remade? 
what? What, what? what are you talking about? <sighs> now I have to look it up. Are you talking about uh, funny games? What are you, what are you referring to? Funny, funny games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 A, mo- a movie literally about ser- serial stalker serial killers, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Stalker That's killers. Right. That's right. That's right. It's his defining movie, Dave. He made it twice. <laughs> Come, on. <laughs> Come on. I mean, the nihilism in that movie really does embody my ethos. Yeah, um, I know. So, uh, okay. Uh, great. I'm going to be thinking about that all week now, Javindra. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Kanata. Um, well, I, can, I guess I can say the actors that people have said I look like. Right. Mm. Nathan Fillion, right? Oh, Nathan. Mm. Oh, I haven't really gotten that. I get, uh, I get Edward Norton. Uh, I get uh, Sean Penn. And I get um, Patrick Dempsey. Other people I, could, I really good. don't see any of them. I think Nathan Fillion is see, much more similar. You know, you know really? who it is. You know who I envision. And Fillion is good. A young Bobby Cannavale. Mm, I yeah, see, I kind yeah, of see like it. Like it. Yeah, yeah it, it works. First of all, he makes everything good. So yeah, uh, the director would have to be uh, Dan Trachtenberg. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he I don't think there's room for nepotism <laughs> over here. <laughs> Nailed it. No, I would. It would sadly. It, it would be a movie I would not want to see because it would be too true. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, guys, this has been so much fun. Thanks to all of our folks at Patreon.com/slash/FilmPodcast for the awesome questions. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, this has been great, guys. Yeah, I, 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 wanted, to keep, show, I wanted to keep everybody. going. Wanted to keep going, but yeah, you know, it's one. getting late. So, um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. See you next week for nobody uh, for our main episode. And maybe uh, in the after dark, random topics and some more of these questions. Okay? See you later.